This archival program of Design Matters with Debbie Millman was produced for Voice America Internet Radio. New programs with better audio quality are now being produced for Design Observer. You can subscribe in the iTunes Store or at the Observer Media Channel on Design Observer. Welcome to Design Matters with Debbie Millman, the show that takes you inside the provocative and stimulating world of design and branding as it intersects with contemporary culture. Here's your host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. My next-door neighbor on 29th Street in Manhattan is a woman named Nancy. She's a petite Hispanic woman with a mile-wide smile and gorgeous, perfectly straight hair. She dyes blonde. Every once in a while, she will let it go back to her natural gray, and when she does, she is regal and quite handsome. When it is platinum, she looks like a Latina Marilyn Monroe, and she is all soft and bright and luminous. For the first five years or so that I lived on my block, I would see Nancy with her two children, the tall and husky Eduardo, and the John Sakata look-alike, Raphael, or Rafi, as she called him. There didn't seem to be a dad, but one day Nancy appeared to look pregnant, and a few months later, her daughter Nicole was born. Then they got Anthony, a giant Rottweiler, who was a great big baby and never wanted Nancy to leave the house. Nancy was also the super of her building, and I would often see her outside, sweeping the sidewalk, taking out the garbage, and vacuuming the apartment hallways. I didn't really know her then, but we nodded and we passed e- when we passed each other. Back then, I would only define our relationship as polite. When I got my first dog, Scruffy, I hired a dog walker who lived three doors down, and I got the full scoop on Nancy. The boys weren't her sons. They were her brother's children. He was apparently in jail, and there was no mother anymore. Nancy took the kids in and raised them as her own. Maria, my dog walker, referred to Nancy as a saint. Three years ago, Nancy started to garden in front of her building. The apartment she lives in had a large, empty front open vestibule where the garbage bins were held. She had Rafi and Eduardo move the bins up to the sidewalk, and slowly she started filling the space with large clay pots and containers. She planted roses of every imaginable color, radiant purples and pinks and fluorescent reds and yellows. She was out in her garden, as I referred to it, every single day as I came home from work, beginning in March and going way into the first frost in November. Nancy's garden gave me an opportunity to get to know her. I have a backyard behind my apartment, and I know how brutal Manhattan can be to a gardener. I couldn't help but be amazed and impressed at both her prowess and her easy skill. Last year, I decided to replace some of the containers holding the boxwoods in my garden. And rather than just throw them away or put them out on the street, I figured I would ask Nancy if she wanted them. I went to her building and buzzed. She let me in, and for the first time, I got to see where she lived. Nancy lives in a one-room apartment. It doesn't have a bathroom. She shares a bathroom with the other tenants on her floor. There is no kitchen, just a small area with a tiny fridge and miniature oven. There's a loft bed with a ladder to get you to the top, and there were a few chairs and a small round table, probably no more than 12 inches wide. If there was ever a moment in my life that I felt humbled, this was one. I thought of all the years I've lived alone and complained about closet space, or a leaky faucet, or an ugly kitchen, or terrible cabinets. 
I thought of all the times I felt that things weren't good, weren't good enough. And as I looked at this woman who took care of three children and a giant dog in this tiny room who had obviously struggled to make it the very best for herself and her family, I was ashamed of my good fortune and what seems to be my never-ending quest for household perfection. I asked her one question. Where do the boys sleep? She nodded to the floor. I looked at the boys and they could care less. They had a home and a wonderful, extraordinarily generous woman to take care of them and had a good meal every night. To them, quite simply, they had it made. Every year, Nancy's garden gets bigger and more beautiful. On the really hot summer days, some of the tenants in her building come out with chairs and bask in the beauty. Others bring makeshift portable barbecues and boom boxes. Recently, I was walking my dogs in the glorious Manhattan Spring, and Nancy was out in her makeshift garden pruning. I complimented her on another spectacular display. Her flowers were gloriously opening, cascading everywhere. The color was spellbinding and happy and carefree. And when I told her how extraordinary it was, she thanked me and joyfully replied, Debbie, this is how I make life beautiful. Welcome to Design Matters with Debbie Millman. My guest this week is Gail Towie, Executive Creative Director of Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia. Before we get started with our interview, please let me tell you a little bit about this extraordinary woman on today's show. Apart from Martha Stewart herself, no person has been more instrumental in creating and shaping one of the decade's most successful brands than Gail Towie, Creative Director of Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia. Gail is the founding art director of Martha Stewart Living, the magazine, and over the past 15 years, the breadth of Towie's creative direction has expanded with the rapid growth of Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia, and she was named Chief Creative Officer in May 2005. Since its very first issue, Martha Stewart Living took the lead in a whole new category of lifestyle publishing and products. Towie's design influence is not limited strictly to the printed page, however. She also oversees graphics for Martha Stewart's television show, directs new media ventures, and helps develop Martha Stewart products. Under Towie's creative direction, Martha Stewart Living Omni Media has won numerous awards in every category, including the prestigious American Society of Magazine Editors Award for Design and Photography, the Art Directors Club Vision Award for Long-Term Commitment to Good Design and its Impact on Our Culture, and the Daimler Chrysler Design Award, which recognizes designers for extraordinary innovation. Welcome, Gail. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. You're quite welcome. So much to talk about. So That's first, right. First, yes, so much. Um, I read an article about your work at Martha Stewart Living, wherein, upon looking back at the experience, um, you said you didn't know it at the time, but that you and Martha were crafting a visual brand that would expand beyond your wildest dreams to become really influential and, and across media phenomena. How did that happen? What made the Martha Stewart brand resonate so much with consumers everywhere? Well, I think that when we first started Martha Stewart Living, we um, imagined a magazine that was just more a more modern version of the um, traditional women's service magazines that have been out there. I think we recognized the fact that women and people in general, men and women, were becoming visually more visually more sophisticated. Um, and we took advantage of that. We're 15 years old this year, 
And um, when we first started, people were just beginning to use computers and design, and they were kind of going a little bit crazy. And there was all kinds of overlaying and overlapping. And, and, That's a little um, tight. <laughs> it was really, really, um, you know, intense. And we went in the opposite direction. We just kind of went toward simplicity. And because Martha and I love photography so much, we decided to make photography the, the centerpiece and the focus of all of our design efforts. And and as a result, we just came up with this more sophisticated, um, stylistic kind of language. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just, I don't know, it's developed over time. I do think that that the, the reason that uh, products became so important to us is because a lot of our ideas in our in the stories that we create are developed from scratch. They're made by our art directors and stylists and editors. And so we're making things up all the time. So it's only natural that you would want to um, own those ideas and sell them and get them out there to the public in another way, in a three-dimensional way. Mm-hmm. So, now, Well, I understand that when you first started the magazine that I read that it really began as, as a method for documentation or a method of documentation that Martha would decorate for parties and by the end of the evening she'd find that her decorations had disappeared and they were taken by partygoers who couldn't leave their awe behind. And that was one of the reasons that you started the magazine. Is that true? Um, well, it's, it's why Martha started doing books. And mm-hmm. then I think the magazines grew out of the books. But she was a caterer, and um, she would create these fabulous displays and beautiful flower arrangements and um, ice sculptures and gorgeous food. And by the end of the evening, it would be all eaten up. <laughs> it would be all gone. And, and she wouldn't have anything to show for her efforts. So um, she came up with this idea of doing a book, and that's the way. That's why uh, the entertaining book was born. And um, I actually got to know Martha because entertaining was designed by Roger Black, mm-hmm. and uh, Clarkson Potter, who was the publisher, had never had an art director working for them before. Um, and they hired the editor who was working on um, entertaining, hired Roger to do the design. And I think the editor had no idea how time-consuming it would be and how much work it was for her to work with the designer. So um, the book became very, very successful, and they were also starting to publish um, Susie Slesson's books, the all those square format style books Yes. now probably... 16, well, probably 20 years ago at this point. Um, and um, so anyway, they went and looked for an art director, and they hired me. And so what and that's you, how I got to know Martha in the first place. How, what was your first meeting like? Was, was it sort of love at first sight between the two of you, kindred spirits? Well, she, <laughs> we got along well from the beginning, but she was also one of, we did about 50 books a year, and so she was one of my authors. I had a lot of authors. So it took me, because she only did a book every two years or so, it did take me a little while to get to know her. Um, but then when um, I left there and went to House and Garden for a year, and I knew that she was shopping her book idea around, um, and she called me and said, you know, Time Warner just signed. Do you want to be the art director? And I said, sure. Now, was that? when you were at House, um, House and Garden, was that, that was the year it went to HG, isn't it? No, it was after that. Um, 
uh, Nancy Novogrod was the editor. Oh, so it was after Anna Wintour left. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and we were. It was still called HG when I was there, but I was only there for a year. I didn't like how um, confining it was. You know, books are such so fabulous because every book is different. You know, mm-hmm. it's a different design, and it's different photography, and different author, and it's so creative. Um, and I found uh, doing a magazine in the way that Condé Nast did magazines to be incredibly. Um, limiting because you were sort of confined to just being a layout person. Oh, really? And I was so much more, I had much more of an editorial mind than that, and I felt kind of wasted. And um, and I really, uh, I didn't have the editorial input that I had in the book publishing business. So when Martha called and said, do you want to be the art director, I, I jumped to it because I knew that we could do a magazine more like the way we, she and I were used to doing books, which was a much more collaborative, um, you know, arrangement. And, um, and indeed, she has such incredible respect for creativity and the importance of that and the importance of um, giving designers enough freedom to invest themselves enough to want to invent and she has incredible uh, respect for invention and discovery and change and newness and she's always pushing for newness and she I think that that um, has formed the what you call the the sort of culture mm-hmm. of Martha Stewart living yeah and um, and that I think is what has attracted this what I kind of refer to um, as a kind of um, Bauhaus group of people who are um, all incredible artists and designers and um, craftspeople and collectors and stylists uh, who all stimulate one another. And we are stimulated by each other. Um, and Martha's very stimulated by this incredible group, and, and talented people attract talented people. So, um, you know, that's why we, we have been able to um, retain this creativity, too, because even with all the problems that we've had over the past couple of years and all of Martha's problems and the, the years that it took to kind of get through that tragedy, um, you know, hardly any of the of the real creative people who've been here from the beginning have left. Yes, you know, I know. we're all still here, and it's incredible. because there aren't that many places that you can go to have this kind of um, uh, ability to create. Well, when we come back from our break, I want to talk a lot more about the visual culture and creativity. I'd like to let our Listeners know that this is Design Matters with Debbie Millman on Voice America Business. I am your host, Debbie Millman, and my guest today is Creative Director Gail Towie. We will be right back with our broadcast after these messages, so please don't go away. Listen wherever you are. 24-hour business and financial news. Solid, focused, and informed. The leader in business talk. Voice America Business at voiceamerica.com. And now, Voices of Design, a documentary series brought to you by Adobe Systems. 
The Voices of Design series brings together different voices from the design community to share and exchange ideas on various topics. Today's show features a three-part discussion focused on the topic of sustainability. This is part one. Enjoy. What is sustainability, and what does it mean to the design community? Let's listen to what the designers at the Compost Modern 2006 conference have to say on this topic in Adobe's Voices of Design series. Here is Phil Hamlet, Chairman, AIGA Environmental Committee. The definition of sustainability that I like to use is quite simple. It's basically leave the place in better shape than you found it. Scott Summit. Summit ID. Sustainability is particularly elusive, especially in industrial design, and that's one of the main reasons I'm here is to try to get a handle on what it means and just how it applies to what I do every day and what I can impart to my clients. Mark Willard, IDO. The pressure is on, and whoever solves it in a more sustainable and desirable way is ahead of the game and, and is what whether people sort of consciously or subconsciously know it, it's, it's definitely what we need. You have been listening to the Voices of Design series brought to you by Adobe Systems. To grow a company, revenues need to grow. To grow revenues, the organization needs to grow. But what does it take to get and keep quality personnel needed to grow business? Tune into Real People Really Leading with Trish Lambert. Get the inside scoop on how to leverage your best assets to sustained business growth. Trish and her expert guests, from business owners to CEOs to solopreneurs, share the knowledge, experience, and business savvy they have used to lead their teams to continual and persistent business victory. Real People Really Leading broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Real people really leading because knowing is growing. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business. This is Voice America Business. We're back with Design Matters with Debbie Millman. If you have a question for Debbie, feel free to call us at 866-472-5790. Once again, here's the host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. Welcome back. It is 3.18 Eastern Time, and you are listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman, live from the Empire State Building in New York City. I am your host, Debbie Millman, and my guest today is Creative Director Gail Towie. If you'd like to join our conversation, if you have a question for Gail, our phone lines are now open. Please call 1-866-472-5790. And Gail, we actually do have a caller on the line right away. Uh, Gregory, thank you for calling Design Matters. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Gail. Hello. Um, considering you've been such um, really an inspiration and a major uh, influence in the change of design, uh, in the last 15 years, certainly, and how everybody wants their magazines to look because they're perfect and they're beautiful. <laughs> um, have you ever considered writing a book about, you know, what has inspired you and what um, motivates you and, and what gets you excited um, and what what brought you to be able to make that kind of change for everybody? I'm so glad you asked me that question because I am in the process of writing a book. <laughs> And did you know that already? I didn't. No. I didn't. No, and, and we really tried to get as much research as we could here at Design Matters, and we didn't know that either. Well, we haven't found a publisher yet. So, um, But what I'm trying to do is really pro, uh, lay out the development of the brand and, and really include all the people who are behind the scenes here and the incredible... Um, contribution that they have made 
in terms of style and design and photography. Um, so it's about how we do things as well as some of the behind-the-scenes stories um, of what we've kind of learned and discovered along the way. Well, you know, your work is, is beautiful. It's always beautiful, and thank you for giving it to us, and good luck with the book. Well, thank you very much. I have to tell you, it's not, it's clear, it's not just me. It's an, it's a, an amazing group of people who work here and have such passion about what they do. Um, and Debbie, Debbie and I were just discussing this. I think that, um, Martha's real belief in creativity is the fuel for, um, you know, we're 650 people now. A big organization, amazing, and the That's creative side of it, meaning the stylists and the and the product designers and the um, the creative editors are over two hundred people. So um, it's it's quite a machine uh, in a way, and and yet it still has that sense of the hand and the personal touch, which is really I think what everybody longs for today. It's great, and I really appreciate it. Thank you, Gail, so Well, thank much. you. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for calling, Gregory. Um, you know, Gail, it makes me, I, I, that, that, the comment about it being a creative machine and, and still being able to keep that sort of handcrafted touch, how do you keep that creative culture of it being so incredibly, um, and I mean this in, in the best possible way, precious, of it being so respectful and so, um, so much a, a, an honest and genuine endeavor. I love that word, respectful. Um, and I think that what I try so hard to do is foster that respect um, and in terms of teamwork. Um, when we first started this magazine, we created this idea of people working in teams and everybody contributes to the ideas. Because we're creating an idea from scratch, whether, you know, if it's, let's say, a, a holiday ornament idea or a curtain idea or a story about um, damask or tints or something like that, we're, we're coming up with the ideas and we're having things made or we're making them. And that, um, that creativity comes out of the teamwork that the art director and the editor and the stylist create together. Um, and that's why all everything looks so um, fresh and new. Mm-hmm. Back back when you first started, when did you first realize that the work that you were doing was really going to change the visual culture in the way that it has? I mean, was there a moment when you thought, "Oh my God, this is so much bigger than we ever expected," or did you somehow always suspect that this would sort of carry forth in the way that it has in our culture? Well, if you're, I think that transition from going from being a magazine to being a product company, um, I was always and Martha too, chomping at the bit to to develop products. And I think it's that same idea of, in the same way that Martha wanted to document when she was when she started entertaining, and she um, created this book because she wanted to document. Um, what she was doing, that sense of documentation um, has gone on in Martha Stewart Living and Blueprint and Kids and Weddings and Everyday Food where you create this beautiful, beautiful moment and then you document it. Creating products comes out of that same need to have that thing that you've made live on. 
mm-hmm. um, and go out to all of these people who might want to buy it or purchase it or have it. Um, so a lot of what's happened is that the ideas that you see in our magazines have become the seeds for what we create on the product side. And they're not exactly the same product because obviously the products have to be driven by manufacturing and price point and saleability and um, the kind of whatever the big merchandising idea is. Um, so they have their restrictions. Um, but the seeds in terms of um, coloring and um, and design sensibility and that sort of uh, design aesthetic that the company has become so well known for, which is what I call classic with a twist, mm-hmm. um, or a kind of traditional plus modern look at things, mm-hmm. um, has really become, you know, it's just, it's our style and it, that style has infused the products as well. You know, what I find really interesting though is that in as much as, you know, the products might be really useful and beautiful and wonderful to engage with, there's the sort of attitudinal sort of gestalt about it all that I find so compelling. And I read an article recently where a woman was talking about her linen closet. And in describing it, she referred to it as a shrine to Martha. And, and, and I totally got it. You know, I had the picture in my head. I knew exactly what she was talking about. Why do you think so many people aspire to that aesthetic? What is it about that aesthetic that resonates so deeply in people? Well, everybody wants to be um, organized, you know, and and the home, the home has become for all of us such a place of refuge um, and security, and also a personal expression of yourself, um, and the place where you can um, be with your family and your friends. So, because the home has become more and more important um, in this world that everybody talks about, the world of having so much communication and so many choices and um, a kind of barrage with uh, such visual chaos, um, that refuge has also become that place where um, the the couple, the man, the woman, the partners can be themselves and and create something around them of, of comfort and style. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'd love to actually continue to talk about this, but we have another caller on the line, and I'd like to get her in because I I know that uh, she's been waiting to speak with you for a couple of minutes. Uh, Isabel, uh, thank you for calling Design Matters. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Gail. Hi, Isabel. Speaking of environment, I want to know, Gail, do you live in a Martha Stewart-type environment or something different, even a hybrid of sorts? I'm asking because many years ago I used to work for Ralph Lauren, and at one point I went through a phase where my entire apartment looked like a store display. <laughs> Eventually I morphed out of it, and I have my own little personal style, but I'd like to know like where you are in regards to environment. So well, I, I want to be an individual just like everybody else um, mm-hmm. does, but uh, it, it's a funny thing that has happened in this company because what you what you become also becomes the company style, even if you invent it and it's not the company style, it just becomes the company style right. <laughs> because of photo shoots and all that stuff. Um, but our our house has been in the magazine, if you, you know, want to look at it. Um, Stephen Doyle, who's my husband and my, my two kids, uh, and I have a house in the village. And um, 
Our style is more modern, probably, than you could see, than you generally would see in um, Martha Stewart Living. But it's also that mix of old and new together, which I really love, and I think we've kind of made in the magazine part of our stylistic vocabulary. Um, Eric Pike, who's our creative director over publishing, his um, apartment was just published in the September issue, um, and that apartment is also very modern, but it's all based on this kind of Swedish aesthetic. So, you know, we're all constantly decorating and redecorating, and then when we do something or we create a color or we create, you know, design a piece of furniture, there's such a, um, a need within the company for all of the design ideas that they just get sucked into <laughs> the, to the enormous um, requirements. You know, we're in our furniture designs, for example. I don't know how many. Um, we're, we're about to uh, go to High Point, and, which, and if you work for Ralph, you know what High Point mm-hmm. is all about. Um, and we'll have another 80 uh, pieces of furniture to uh, offer to people, and this will be our fifth collection. So it's, there's a lot of designing going on. <laughs> well, thank you for calling Design Matters, Isabel. Sure, thank you, everyone. Thank um, you. We have to take another break. Uh, I just want everybody to know that they are listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman on Voice America Business. I am your host, Debbie Millman, and my guest today is Gail Towie. We'll be right back with our broadcast after these messages, so please don't go away. Fresh, dynamic, and totally prepared for continuing business education. Business Talk Radio. Voice America Business at voiceamerica.com. And now, part two of Adobe's Voices of Design series, a documentary that brings together different voices from the design community to share and exchange. Today's topic is sustainability. Enjoy. The Challenge of Sustainable Design. Let's listen to what the designers at the Compost Modern 2006 conference have to say on this topic in Adobe's Voices of Design series. Here is Sonora Bean, Digital Hive Ecological Design. Sustainability isn't just a great idea, but it's a design challenge. And so as designers, how can we use our skills and our thinking and our strategy to promote social change? Ron Radziner, Marmel Radziner Architects. I think that architecture, as a profession, that we've become too removed from the actual act of making, and we've become kind of just aesthetic consultants. And I think that our office is this attempt to bring that all back together, which is really how buildings used to be designed and built, and take responsibility for what we design. You've been listening to the Voices of Design series brought to you by Adobe Systems. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh, There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. You hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line. But what about your bottom line? How come no one ever talks about that? 
Finally, a show dedicated to the worker, The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, The Work Walk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, The Crow Show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment. From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, The Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, The Work Walk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, businessamericaradio.com. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business. This is Voice America Business. We're back with Design Matters with Debbie Millman. If you have a question for Debbie, feel free to call us at 866-472-5790. Once again, here's the host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. Live from the Empire State Building, you are listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman, the only talk radio show on the Internet focusing on issues relating to graphic design, branding, and culture. I am Debbie Millman, your host, and my guest today is Creative Director Gail Towie. If you'd like to join our conversation, if you have a question for Gail, our phone lines are open, 1-866-472-5790. And Gail, um, during the break, um, we were talking about uh, your experience on the radio, and um, I'd like to let our listeners know, back when I first contacted you about appearing on Design Matters, you wrote back to me and said that you hadn't previously had any radio experience, but by the time May rolled around, because I think I contacted you in the fall of last year, by then, by, by May, you'd be a pro. So you've been on the air now yourself a couple of months. How do you like it? What's the experience been? I, I love it. I, it's actually, I, I, it made me, the whole idea made me very nervous initially, but um Martha Stewart Living has a um, a 24/7 channel on Sirius Radio, satellite radio, and my show is called Design Trends, and it's it airs on Wednesdays at nine o'clock in the morning and seven o'clock in the evening, and um, I don't have a call in because I'm not doing it live. I've had because of my schedule and my travel schedule, travel schedule and meeting schedule, I have a really hard time doing it at the exact same time every week. No, it's daunting. Um, <laughs> so, doing it so we tape it. And um, the serious uh, studios are really gorgeous. They look out over um, Manhattan, and they're on the 36th floor of the McGraw-Hill building. And I've been kind of focusing on talking to a lot of the designers who work for Martha Stewart Living and in the product area so that people get to know everyone. Mm-hmm. So one of the wonderful things about um, the Sirius channel for us is that people are getting to hear the voices of all the designers and editors um, who who have been here at the company. You know, Martha is so famous that she sort of fills the room in a lot of ways, and mm-hmm. uh, people haven't really been able to to uh, get to know the voices of, of all the creativity within the company. And this is a chance to do that. So um, I've had a really nice time. It's a little bit like like this, like sitting down, having a nice cup of tea with a friend right. and chatting about what you love to do. And it's quite easy um, in that regard. So well, I, I love the opportunity to, for me, the most um, exciting and thrilling part of this is, is the guests that I speak to, um, and I find it just so inspiring to be learning, you know, every week about the way somebody else sees the world and the way they approach creativity. That's right. That's right. And I love that myself. I mean, I think when you're working and you have these deadlines and you're always focusing something, you know, you're looking very, 
you're looking at a type or you're looking at a layout or you're looking at a product design or an idea or whatever, you're always so focused on that one thing, you never have a chance to sit back and really think about the big picture. And um, so for that one hour a week, I have that wonderful opportunity. Right. Well, and people Gail, love the behind-the-scenes stories and all that kind of stuff, too. Oh, that's, absolutely. That's I very find, fun yeah. as well. Uh, it's it's funny because I do get a lot of emails. Oh, please ask this person this, this person. The emails that I ever get about what I should ask a guest are always about you know personal their personal lives. You know, it's not like what is your favorite typeface. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who cares? <laughs> right. um, Gail, we have another caller, Sean from New York. Thank you for calling Design Matters. Hi, how are you? Hi, Sean. Hi, uh, I have a quick question regarding the uh, Martha Stewart television show. I understand that you did graphic work um, on that. And I wanted to know if you, um, do you foresee any of the graphic language from the TV show that was used um, um, spilling over into the consumer product line um, due to a new target audience that may have been found based on the show? That's a good question. Um, the the um, the logo for the Martha Show was designed by On Deals and her team in our creative services department. Um, and I love what the TV editors have done with it because they they change the colors and and depending on the season, or they dress it up and make it look Halloweeny and like put little jagged edges at Halloween time right. and stuff like that. So they've had a good time with it. We're actually working on, I don't know if you know about our new relationship with Macy's, but no. we'll be doing a new line of products for Macy's that will be coming out um, next year, in the um, fourth quarter of next year. And um, we are just beginning to pull all of our thoughts and ideas together for that. It's very, very exciting. We're we are positioning it as affordable luxury, and we are designing a new uh, logo for that business. We're calling it Martha Stewart Collection. Mm. And um, uh, actually, my husband, Stephen's company, is working on the logo. So, And it's not going to look like the television show logo. Right. Um, so, uh, but we, ha- it's, we, you know, we have a lot of logos at this point mm-hmm. in this company. Um, so, and we... we uh, keep on creating new businesses, and we would like to hold down the number of logos that we have to design <laughs> because it's, there's a lot of them, uh, and it's getting kind of visually confusing. But um, anyway, that's kind of where we are on that one. Okay. All right. Um, now, in terms of the Martha, Martha Stewart collection line, uh, what, well, what's going to exist inside that line? Um, because I imagine that there are a lot of new ideas that have stemmed from the show being on air and having success. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, That's I'm, true. So I'm just curious as to are you not able to talk about what's going to Well, it's going to center around the home, like okay. everything. You know, we're going to stay in our expert area of the okay. home. And um, we'll be doing bed and bath. And, um, you know, our furniture is already available at Marshall, Marshall Fields mm-hmm. as well as a lot of other, um, about 350 other um, places in the country. Uh, we're hoping that it will also be in Macy's. So, um, and and Macy's acquired Marshall Field. So, you know, part of that line is already out there. Um, and then, so what did I? Say? Oh, yeah. And then dishes and um, pots and pans and and that kind of thing. So, Do you ever see uh, envision the brand going outside of home and and just? Um, we talk about guys? that, and we think that we, you know, what we really need to do is focus on our 
expertise for the moment. It doesn't mean that we can't, you know, we don't have other ideas or we can't grow into other areas. I think we, we can, but there's so many things that we already do that we're not, um, uh, you know, where we, we haven't really conquered that area in, in terms of product. Right. Well, because I, I was just expertise. thinking about, I was thinking about how Donald Trump had taken the idea of, I mean, the apprentice idea and then just really spun that into just being having his hands in a whole different a whole number of uh, different uh, industries and categories whereas you you would ask yourselves does he have any business being in ice cream for example or even cologne which is his well, new yeah I think people could say the lot the same thing about uh, Branson and how far he's taken the virgin brand but he, right. you know other than the cola I don't think he's had too many failures right well you know I think that the thing is that people trust Martha Stewart, the Martha Stewart company, to make the right decision for the home. And um, they really believe that we stand for quality and good design and functionality. And I think that there's a real understanding by um, the, our customers that um, that we have an understanding of style, that we can bring style to the, to to their lives through these very functional Pieces, whether it's furniture, or rugs, or lighting, or um, dishes, or any of those things. So, um, and I think we have enormous uh, credibility there and authenticity there because of the research and the care that we put into all of that. Um, Absolutely. Work. How is the uh, line of homes, the actual homes, uh, how are they selling? Well, that's been phenomenal. Story, the KV Homes relationship. Yes. Uh, we opened our first community in Cary a couple months ago, and um, the first day, 3,500 people went through the community, and they would normally get less than 500 people. Um, and we sold 93 homes in one day, where they would normally sell about, um, I don't know, like maybe nine homes in a day between five and nine homes in one day. So um, they want us to do a whole raft of uh, new communities, and we're working on that. We're working on it, Atlanta, Charlotte, uh, Katy, Texas, and um, a community in Florida right now. So, And it's going to take us a year before we can really make these houses our, um, really put our stamp on the, on the homes at the moment, we're editing from the the world of possibilities in terms of um, flooring and kitchen cabinets and lighting and so on. But we are making licensing deals with uh, these manufacturers so that we can design them from scratch ourselves, and then um, uh, we'll be so. And it, you know, over the period of time, you'll see that evolve and get better and better. I think. Um. Gail, we have one more caller before we go to break, um, and then I'd like to come back and have a, a whole slew of questions that I want to ask you. Okay. Uh, we have Anne-Marie from New Jersey. Thank you for calling Design Matters. Hi. Um, I was wondering where um, you get your greatest inspiration. Is it, do you travel around? Is it just things that you see every day? What, what inspires you the most? I do love to travel. Um, but I also just get inspired by living in my in my home. I get inspired by my husband, Stephen Doyle, is a wonderful designer. 
um, and I get inspired by the life of being a mother and a homemaker and cooking. And, you know, I think when you really, when you're a doer, you see what's missing and you see what you need. And um, so that's part of it. But I, always, I really do love to travel. Um, and I'm, I love shopping in other cities and seeing other things. I think when you try, I've had the incredible, incredible good fortune of traveling for Martha Stewart Living and meeting so many people, going to incredible nurseries and gardens around the country, other people's homes that are inspiring. So I, I'm very lucky in that regard. Well, thank you for calling Design Matters, Anne-Marie. You're welcome. Um, Gail, when we come back from our break, I want to talk to you a little bit about Stephen, and I want to talk to you about uh, some of your um, personal history. So um, I'd like to let everybody know that they are listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman. I'm your host, Debbie Millman, and my guest today is Creative Director Gail Towie. We will be right back with our broadcast after these messages, so please don't go away. Fresh, dynamic, and totally prepared for continuing business education. Business Talk Radio. Voice America Business at voiceamerica.com. And now, part two of Adobe's Voices of Design series, a documentary that brings together different voices from the design community to share and exchange. Today's topic is sustainability. Enjoy. The power of designers and their influence on sustainability. Let's listen to what the designers at the Compost Modern 2006 conference have to say on this topic in Adobe's Voices of Design series. Here's Michael Schwab, Schwab Design. Design does influence people, and whether it's subconsciously or, or obviously, design does mean a lot, and, and, and it leaves a lasting impression. Paul Sappho, Institute for the Future. Designers are thought leaders, and they're action leaders. Designers have got to get this right, and they've got to define it right, because if they get it wrong, all their wrong ideas are going to be embedded in everything everybody else uses. Mark Willard. IDO. Designers have been shaping culture for as long as there's been design. We have a huge opportunity, and I think before long it's going to be an obligation or a mandate to figure out how to solve these projects, these issues, these desires with sustainably relevant solutions. You have been listening to the Voices of Design series brought to you by Adobe Systems. The challenge of change comes as ramped up due to the advent of information age and the interconnectedness of the global community. In a high-tech world, the ability to embrace change, adapt, and respond accordingly is key to personal and professional success. Talking Change with Ann Powers, airing every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, explores the hows, whys, and what to do when faced with change. Embrace the new reality, adopt transition into your personal power portfolio, and tune into Talking Change with Ann Powers every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Learn to thrive, not just survive in business and careers. Unleash your full potential and greatness with the Thrive Factor, unleashing your potential. With tactical coaches and success masters, hosts Dory Willer and Eva Gregory. Dory, Eva, and their masters of thriving expert guests inform, educate, elucidate, and inspire with leading-edge information. The Thrive Factor, unleashing your potential. With Dory Willer and Eva Gregory, broadcast each Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. The Thrive Factor. Success and inspiration at the click of a mouse. The bottom line in business talk. 
Voice America Business. We're back with Design Matters with Debbie Millman. If you have a question for Debbie, feel free to call us at 866-472-5790. Once again, here's the host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. Welcome back. It is 3.48 Eastern Time, and you are listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman, live from the Empire State Building in New York City. I am your host, Debbie Millman, and my guest today is Creative Director Gail Towie. And uh, before the break, Gail, you mentioned your husband, Stephen Doyle, and I understand that actually Martha introduced you to Stephen. So can you tell us a little bit about how that happened? Um, I met Stephen. I love this story, by the way. Oh, good. <laughs> I met Stephen because I was working Clarkson Potter, and um, we were looking for a really fabulous photographer to do Martha's wedding book. It was going to be kind of the book of the year for, for Clarkson Potter, and there was a lot of pressure to find the best designer available. So I called a number of people. I called Walter Bernard. I called Mary Shanahan. I called Roger Black. And they all said to me, there's this guy who's just starting his own company. He's really talented. His name is Stephen Doyle, and you should call him. So I called him, and he came over. And I was just getting separated from my first marriage, and I was really kind of depressed and in a big funk and everything. And he walked in. He was really tan. He was wearing sandals. He's a riot. I don't know if you know him, but he's really a funny guy. And he cheered me up so much. I thought, oh, my God, I've got to work with this guy. And um, he didn't want to have anything to do with weddings, he told me right off the bat. Why? He told me also on on our first date that he was never planning on getting married. (laughs) So he didn't want to have anything to do with weddings, and he didn't want to ever get married. married And you somehow persuaded him to do both? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so we met through Martha's wedding book, and... um, um, I found what did he, he designed Mary Emmerling's country cookbook or something like that, and mm-hmm. we just kind of fell in love over the course of um, I don't know, actually like three months or four months before he asked me to marry him. And how did he ask you? What did he do? Uh, he said, "Will you marry me?" <laughs> <laughs> like in the middle of a photo shoot or dinner? No, or? no, no, no. We were out to dinner, and we were because we were um, working together. We were keeping it a secret, so he had a he had a um, a secret name when he called up. If one of my assistants answered the phone, he would say that it was Pierre, and he'd like use an accent or something like that. I wow! Was, I had to call Stephen back. So anyway, that's, that's really this cute. pretty funny. And uh, so you've been working together on lots of different projects over the years. Um, Stephen was obviously very involved in in the Kmart line design. Um, do you have what is the the um, professional relationship like? Is it very collaborative? Do you very work? collaborative? Very collaborative. Stephen designed the logo and the initial packaging for uh, Martha Stewart every day. And when we started uh, doing product in '97, we started very very fast. And and uh, Kmart wanted the product fast and the packaging fast. And um, we I had not set up any kind of in-house design department, um, either for the product or the packaging. So Kmart actually hired Stephen to do the packaging because he had done packaging for Wamsutta and um, the packaging had uh, increased sales, so they thought he was good. So he they actually did the deal. They hired him 
and he and I were able to collaborate on the design side. And meanwhile, I built an in-house department more for photography. Mm-hmm. So we, we did all the photo shoots, and they did all the typography and the box construction and everything. And then um, after the launch of the bed and bath and the garden and the housewares, by that time I had built my in-house department, and we took over doing all the design um, in-house from then on. Um, and now we're collaborating on the, uh, well, we've hired him to do the, the new master logo for Martha Stewart, um, the company. So I can't remember a time, having been in the New York design community now for 20-some-odd years, when Stephen wasn't famous, you know, from the, when he was working at Esquire to when he was working at M & Company with Tibor Kalman, um, Drentel Doyle, now Doyle Partners. Um, so I guess... As somebody that's been in the community, it's, it's in, in some ways hard for me to ask this question, but one of my, my listeners wrote in and asked, you know, if you ever got any grief for hiring Stephen because he's your husband as opposed to just on his credentials, which certainly, you know, Stephen could do anything for anybody. Um, but but is it, has it ever come up? Has it ever been an issue about why Gail would hire Stephen? Well, you know, fortunately, Stephen's really talented, so it becomes less of an issue. Um, we... But I've always been really upfront. You know, you have to really get it out there and get everybody's agreement, um, especially Martha's um, and Susan Line, our new CEO, and um, um, everybody has to think it's okay. Um, I think by the time we built the in-house um, creative services department, um, you know, Stephen had been working on it for a number of years, and and it had sort of overtaken his studio in a way that probably wasn't so good for him. It, it was limiting the number of other kinds of work that he could do. Mm-hmm. So um, having him move off the project was really kind of the right thing for everybody because then my in-house team could could have more ownership, which they really wanted. And I could see that was happening, and I could see that that was important, and, and Stephen totally understood and agreed. Now, how do you manage to, to do this all? I mean, it's it's a question that I kind of hate asking because nobody really ever asks this, of, you know, of men, you know, men successful men that have families and big, giant jobs and so forth. You know, nobody ever asks them, how do you do it all? But I just feel that given the enormous, incredible success that you've had, not only success from, you know, obviously a commerce standpoint, but just being so incredibly innovative in a, in a category that's so hard to be innovative, Two children, a successful marriage. Is it? How do you balance this? How do you? Do you ever feel guilty? Do you ever feel like things aren't going the way that you want them to? Do you ever have design arguments with Stephen? <laughs> I do. You know, I must say that part of the one of the ways I can do it is because I do have such a strong, calm life, and because I have Stephen to talk to through the dark moments um, as well as the wonderful moments. Um, and I think it's really um, I'm. I'm very blessed in that I have um, Stephen to to share that with and and my children. And and also I think that having a family really sets priorities for you. Um, so, you know, on the one hand you need a family that's understanding. So if you did, if you if you have to travel or you have to go away or you have to work late, which seems to be a constant um, these days, um, that you have understanding um, and support. And um, on the other hand, you know, I just, I, I like working hard and I do work hard. And I also have to say that 
um, we have an incredible group of people here. There, there. It's you know, like I said before, this really isn't just me by any stretch of the imagination. We have over 200 incredibly talented creative art directors, stylists, product designers, um, many of whom have been here from the very beginning um, and who've been part of the creation of this aesthetic uh, from day one. Well, and I just ended up being in 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 charge because... Actually, I don't even know why that happened, but, uh, you know, maybe because I have the, the energy to do it or the eyes or whatever. But well, thank I you. Mark and I are kind of in sync, maybe. Yeah, uh, well, you've really helped make the world a more beautiful place, and I think that that's a, a really important thing to to have done and to continue to do. So, you know, it's just been such an incredible pleasure to have you on the show, Gail, and I want to well, thank, thank you. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed talking to you, Debbie. It was a lot of fun, and... Um, I hope you'll ask me back. Oh, absolutely. So we've come to the end of our broadcast, and I'd also like to give a special thanks to our sponsors. We couldn't do this without them, Adobe and Nina Paper. I'd also like to thank Brian Travis and Ruben Colomb at Voice America, the staff and my partners at Sterling, especially Lisa Grant and Jen Simon. Joining me next week are writer and designer Sam Potts and editor Todd Prezan. Thank you for listening, and remember, we can talk about making a difference, we can make a difference, or we can do both. I'm Debbie Millman, and I look forward to talking with you next week. Voice America Business would like to thank you for tuning in for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Be sure to listen every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for another exciting hour of Design Matters. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business.